Good morning and welcome to Elam Lutheran Church. We're going to open our service this morning with that wonderful hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Please stand and join us. announcements need to be made this morning? If not, we'll continue. Sounds great. With um, our theme um, of the service, uh, our sermon, What is Your Worth to the Lord? Well, we're kind of following that theme with our songs this morning. Jesus Messiah is our next one. What did he do? He became sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. His love is so amazing, so amazing. And he poured it out to us. Jesus Messiah. He became sin, who knew no sin. We might become his righteousness. 
He humbled Himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. next song is a classic hymn. Um, it opens with a classic hymn tune by John Sibelius. He was a composer that, um, with a famous um, piano piece called Finlandia and um, just a, a wonderful composer of, of hymns and church music um, from the early 1900s. And um, the, one of the hymns that um, he wrote <coughs> is called Be Still My Soul. The Lord is 
by my side. Those are the opening lyrics to this hymn. And though we're not singing those lyrics, um, Kathy and Lois are going to play the introduction um, to Finlandia. And uh, I just wanted to tell you, even though we're not singing them, be still my soul. The Lord is by my side. We are valuable to him.
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are not some God who is far and distant, unable to be reached, but no, you have chosen to come to dwell in the midst of your people, to share with us a love that is beyond our ability to comprehend, to call us by your spirit to faith and trust and hope in you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as we gather together this day as your people in this place, and even those who are distant and watching on a, on a monitor or screen someplace else, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your spirit would speak your truth to our hearts and our lives this day, that we would believe what you say about us, your dearly beloved people. Bless this people. Bless this day. And we thank you and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to remain standing just for a moment as I share God's word to begin with this day. It is from Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter. I'm going to be sharing this morning from, from two parables that Jesus teaches. It starts at verse 44. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found, and found it and covered it up, and then in joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and, and sold all that he had and bought it. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. And even before I begin to share this morning, uh, a, a quick word of thank you that comes from the Hoff household. For many of you who have been lifting our son David in prayer after some real major surgery in this past month and a half, uh, David is home. All tubes have been removed. All 
sutures, all staples are gone. And at this point, all the scars, well, remain, but all the scabs are history. He's got some nice pink healing points on his life. Uh, he's gained an appetite again. We've got him all the way up to about 120 pounds, which is pretty good. He was down to about 115, so appetite is coming, and God is very gracious. So for those of you who have been lifting our son, David, in prayer, just want to thank you so very much. Well, this morning, we're going to be looking at those two parables that, that Jesus talks about in the 13th chapter. If you've got your Bible, please open to Matthew chapter 13. And if you don't have yours with you today, there's one staring at your kneecaps right there by the hymnal. I'd invite you to open that up, Matthew chapter 13. The, the section that I'm going to be talking about again, it's starting at verse 44, but we're going to start a little bit before that as I share. Uh, I'd like to talk just real briefly to begin with about parables, the two parables that Jesus is talking, and it's something that Jesus used in his ministry. Fact is, in the Gospels, there are a total of 34 parables of Jesus. And different gospel writers include different of these parables. In fact, um, Matthew uses a total of 23 of the parables of Jesus. And, and 11 of the parables that Matthew talks about aren't used anywhere else in the New Testament. So there's some unique things we find from Matthew as he writes and shares with us the teachings of Jesus. And I want to tell you something as we begin. As we look at the parables, if you're like me, you might feel a wee bit uncomfortable. The, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, why do you teach in parables? And there in, in Matthew 13, back to verse 10, Jesus goes into this a little bit. The disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to, to one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, and then he quotes the prophet Isaiah. And, and where he quotes from Isaiah is that section where, where the Lord God calls Isaiah to ministry. You may remember that he saw the Lord in the days of King Uzziah, and, and the temple was filled with smoke, and the seraphim were there, and woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, dwelling in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and I have seen the Lord of hosts. And as the conversation goes on between Isaiah and the Lord God himself, the Lord calls Isaiah. And here's what God gives to him 
as a job description. This starts at verse 9 in Isaiah chapter 6. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. That's why Jesus teaches in parables. And I'll tell you, it does make me feel uncomfortable. My mind wants to say, Jesus, you want them to hear. You want them to see. You want them to embrace. And yet Jesus says to his disciples, I am using parables so that those of you on the inside stand, but those on the outside, it's going to go right over their heads. Their blinded eyes, their deafened ears, and their hardened hearts. And I want to say, Jesus, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Haven't you read the gospel? You want everyone to be saved. It becomes a struggle with me. And yet, I guess, if I'm going to go toe-to-toe with Jesus, I'm going to say, Lord, you understand what you're doing, even if I don't. You see, Jesus knows your heart. And he knows the heart of those that are out there. And he knows what they need. It would have been so nice back in the Garden of Eden, after the fall that Adam and Eve chose, that God would say, ah, that's okay, let's just go on the way I'd planned anyway. No, they were driven from the Garden to protect them and to protect us. So there's things that are hard things that we hear. Another thing about parables. Parables come and they are designed to get across one point. And if you understand what that one point is, then you're going to be a part of those who are on the inside. Alex, if you can hit that clip. You may remember City Slickers. One thing, just one thing. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you've got to figure out. Let's try it again now that we've got it on the main screen. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you've got to figure out. When Jesus teaches in parables, there's one thing he's trying to get across. And now it falls into our lap to say, Lord, What is that one thing that you want us to understand? What's the secret 
that you want us to be a part of. How can we figure out what is that one thing? Again, starting at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his great joy, he goes out and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So we hear those parables about treasure hidden in a field and, and, and a valuable pearl, and now it's up to us to figure out what is that one thing that God wants us to know about the kingdom of heaven. And as we've heard from Jesus, he's telling this in such a way so that some will understand and be blessed and others will not understand and will continue on in their darkness. And I want to tell you to begin with, I think for the last half a century or more, I missed that point. I missed that one thing that God was trying to tell me in this parable of Jesus. Let me tell you how I've spent almost all of my life interpreting and seeking to understand that one thing. The kingdom of heaven is the most important thing that I can obtain in my life. Much of that is true. Also, as a follower of Jesus, I need to make certain that there is absolutely nothing that stands in the way of me gaining, embracing, owning the kingdom of God. I have thought that I need to rid myself of absolutely anything that will hinder me from being a part of God's kingdom. Sell it all to have that field. Get rid of everything I have so that I can now have this one pearl of great price. I can go and think, well, how are you going to eat? Where are you going to lay your head if you've given everything away so you can have these things? I guess the guy with the field and treasure... He got more than the treasury, he got the whole field, so he can sort of pitch a tent and camp out there, I suppose. But if all you have is a pearl, how do you eat? Where do you sleep? How do you provide for your family? There's all sorts of things if we go beyond one point that God is crying, trying to make. Now, I don't know if you noticed the the basic theme that went along with how I have for most of my life understood this parable. It was all very me-focused. I need to get rid of everything so that I can have the kingdom of God. I need to make sure that nothing gets in my way. I need to grab that kingdom of God so I have it for myself and I'm not going to be lost. You notice there's an awful lot of I in the midst of that? I have to do this. 
I have to make sure I don't do that. All of the weight, all of the success depends on Herb. And I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to communicate in these parables. I think it's something that is far different. Yes, that pearl and that treasure are things that that God wants us to understand what they are. My mistake was that I was all centered around the law. You see, whenever it says do or don't, that's the law speaking. But the gospel does something different. It says done. The law, do. The gospel, done. And I heard these parables as layer upon layer of law. Because you know what? I look at my life and I realize that I've got a car and a pickup truck. And I've got a Polaris Ranger. I haven't given up everything that I might embrace the kingdom of God. I bought a house. I haven't given up that so that I could embrace the treasure. There's a lot of things of things in my life. And I don't think those have kept me from the kingdom of God. That was my view before, and I believe it was an incorrect view of this parable. So, what do I now think of this parable? The treasure hidden in the field? The pearl of immense value? Or how about the land speculator who, who gets the field and the treasure? Or, or, the, or the merchant, the businessman, who goes out and, and embraces and, and gets this wonderful pearl? Well, I think this treasure and the pearl are the same thing in both parables. And I think the, the new landowner, the field owner, and, and the merchant are also the same person. And I think the merchant and the buyer of land is our Heavenly Father. It's not me trying to grab and and earn and get the kingdom of God. It is the Father. God in heaven who is out seeking for that which could be found. And the treasure, the pearl, I don't think it's the kingdom of heaven. I think that pearl of great value, I think that treasure hidden in the soil is you. And the Father, in his desire to get the very best looks and searches and sends out his spirit and finds that pearl of such great value, who finds that treasure that is hidden under dirt and unseen by anyone else, 
but seen by the Father. Both the pearl and the treasure are you. And the Father who is willing to give up his dearest possessions so that he might have you. The world looks at you as some dirty, buried, unimportant something. But God sees you far differently. You are such a value to him that he was willing to give that which was dearest and closest to his heart that he would have you. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you that he gave his only son so that all who believed in him wouldn't perish but could have eternal life right there in the very kingdom of God. You are the treasure. You are that pearl. You are the one that God was willing to give it all so that he could have you forever in his presence. Do you understand how much God cares for you? Jesus talks about it in this set of parables. What's the one thing? What's the one thing God wants you to walk away from this place with these words this day? That he has sent out his spirit to search for you. He's digging high and low. He's searching and, and realizing that the very cream of the crop is right here, right now, sitting in your flesh and bones. What's the one thing God wants you to know this day? That you are beloved of him. You are his treasure. You are his beloved. You are the one he was willing to give up everything that he held dear that he would have you. Back to those earlier verses that I shared with you about why Jesus chose parables to keep some people in the dark and some in the know, some eyes blinded, some ears deafened, some hearts hardened. He continues on with verse 16 and 17, speaking to those who are the pearls those who are the treasures. Blessed are you, your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and they did not see it. And to hear what you hear, and they did not hear it. Do you realize how blessed and loved you are? That right where you are in your life at this time, 
God's Spirit is speaking His love to you. He's opening your eyes to see what you haven't seen in the past. He's tuning in your hearing so that it is, as His Spirit whispers to you, your softened heart embraces it and believes it. The father went out searching and he found a buried treasure and that treasure was you. The father went out looking for something of immense, tremendous value and he found it in you. And he spared no expense to make you his own. That you might live with him in his kingdom. That you might serve him in everlasting righteousness and innocence and blessedness. That you would shine to the praise of his glory and all that you do. And I would pray, Lord God, that you would help us this day to in new and fresh ways understand how you see us and, and not how it is that we've understood ourselves as, as weakened, sinful, and disappointed people. You're the one, Heavenly Father, who has brought to us life you're the one who has sent your spirit to, to call us to faith in you, to trust in your promises. Change our eyes, open our ears, soften our hearts, that all that we do, that all that we are, entrust ourselves to you with thanksgiving and praise to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We're going to close with a hymn, uh, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. And um, I notice the second verse says, The night is dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side the Savior will stay. He will defend me, he will lead. Join us now, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Please stand. What gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? There is no more my heaven and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is holy. Sing, all is mine.
His power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley He will lead. Oh, the light has been won, and I shall Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you listen to the prayers. You even send your spirit to help us in our weakness to pray. So this day, Lord, as we gather in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would hear those words that are offered in minds and hearts this day to you, even as those words are vocalized by me. We pray for this congregation, Lord Jesus, for Elam Lutheran Church, who would be working in ways that we don't understand and don't see through the ministry of the call committee and, and the very pastor that you would choose to lead this part of your body in the years to come. 
We pray sensitivity, Lord, to your spirit. And that even if someone might couldn't even imagine it in their wildest dream, you would begin to put a passion and a change in a heart to draw to the needs of this community through ministry in this place. We pray, Heavenly Father, for, for those who are currently leading and shepherding this congregation, that you would give each ears to hear and eyes to see, that none would be overlooked. For those that feel distant and far off, Lord, you would woo them by your spirit and through your promises to trust in you, that you would comfort those who mourn and grieve, that you strengthen those who are weak, that you would pour out your healing grace upon those who are suffering with illness, especially during this time of separation and pandemic, that you would not let one fall by the wayside, Lord. And for those, Lord, that you're preparing to, to bring home, we pray that you would be preparing hearts and families to say goodbye here and in moments after that for them to hear, welcome home, my dearly beloved. Heavenly Father, we pray for our country during this time of election coming up in just months that truths would be known, that you would, Lord, at this time, call us as a Christian people to repent of that which leads us away from you. And we would pray, Lord, that the, that the results of what our people choose in the months ahead would be for our betterment and not for our judgment. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those around the world who don't yet know you, who, who dwell in lands of darkness. We think of those who are imprisoned in many ways, maybe not in physical jails, but under communist rule that is not friendly to your gospel. For our brothers and sisters struggling in China, and others in mostly Islamic nations. We pray for your protection. We pray, Lord, that you would help them to shine brightly with your grace, that you would, even in the midst of their difficulties, allow them to be a city that is set on a hill, a light that shines in the darkness. All of that to your glory, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for, for what it is you have planned for what you've entrusted to us and the wondrous plans of forever with you that await us. All these things, Lord, we pray, not only with my lips, but the silence of the hearts that are here in the glorious name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to invite you now to open your hands, to open your hearts, and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear great treasure of God, wondrous beloved pearl, shine to the praise of his glory. Amen.